So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. everybody to this Thursday edition of Everyday Connection. I'm Rico Shields and I have here with me Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean? I'm great, Rick. How are you doing? I'm having a blast. Yay. A little damp outside, but you know, enough breaks in the rain to be able to walk the dog, so it's all good by me. That's exciting and it's not snow cuz you know, anytime it's rain and not snow, I'm happy. <laughs> we have to start off with our traditional, it's warm down here. Well, I'm freezing, so quit talking about it. It's Weather, not we're... cold here, though. It's beautiful today. It's like 12 degrees or something crazy. I don't know what that's about in March in Montreal, but we'll take it and be happy with it and showing makes, gratitude and love. for. <laughs> makes going for all those walks easier on you. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The exercise has been much easier since the weather warmed up. Yay. Yes, certainly. Although, right. my feet do get wet frequently. <laughs> Uh-oh. I will admit to that. Um, That's but, not good, because sometimes when they get wet, then they get cold, and then, you know, what's wrong yep. with her? Oh, she's got cold feet. <laughs> I never have cold feet. <laughs> I always jump right in. <laughs> Just jump right in. Well, that's, jump right in. it's been our theory, you know. Yeah. So, Jean, you want to do a radio show? And she says, yeah. And so, wow, look what Here happened. Here we are, her. 500% increase. And you people are crazy. But we love you. <laughs> so, um, we're here doing a radio show. And in thanks now? part to some of the incredible support that we've had. Over the last few months, we're still uh, doing a radio show. Absolutely. So we should probably say a big hearty hello, and we love you to uh, our friends, our fam, and and we could call them sponsors if you wanted to hang out in that old age energy, but we'll just call them friends and fam. Um, the the crew at Inner Child Magazine, Inner Child Ning, Inner Child Press, Inner Child. I have lost count of all the Inner Childs. But yeah, I I have this text file that I keep open during the show that has links in it I might need during the show. And we're about at the point I'm going to have to have my own separate file just for the inner child links because busy us. people yeah. over there. You you want to say hi to some cool people? Google inner child. <laughs> you want to read an awesome magazine? Google child, inner child magazine. You want to hang out with really cool people? And have them inspire you and uplift you and love you for who you are, no matter who you are, no matter what you're doing, go to visit innerchild.ning. 
You could also Google just Bill. Could Google those, just Bill. Those two words would probably get you there because that's the, the man in charge. Uh, he denies that sometimes, but uh, he started the thing anyway. We can blame it on him. Yeah, we could. It's all his fault. It's all his fault. Yeah, we also have... Um, how, how about another... your buddy Inez? Yeah, we do. And my friend, family, Absolutely. sister. Sister in love, Inez Martins. Absolutely. Uh, um, Inez is a uh, wild and important sponsor of ours, family she, member of ours. Absolutely. she's been She's been a huge... Um, huge supporter, huge booster, huge everything. And you can find her at uh, www.visionarylifeconsultant.com. And she's fantastic with regards to Akashic readings, clearings, and uh, animal communication, which we have her coming back to talk about very soon, actually. so Yeah, she was just on the show last week. Uh, so you can find her on our website in the archives. Uh, and have a listen about the Akashic Records, and uh, we had a great conversation. And she is. She's coming back on the 27th to talk about her whole sort of other line, uh, which is as an animal communicator, a companion animal communicator. Absolutely. Horses, dogs, cats, donkeys. Giraffes? Can you have a giraffe as a companion animal? Probably not. I wouldn't advise it, but... You know, <laughs> you have to have those really tall ceilings that they keep advertising. I just don't think we have the room here in North America. It, that's probably not. Though. If you're living in Africa, maybe it would be okay. Maybe it would but be okay. Yeah. Maybe it'd be wide open spaces, lots of place for the thing to run. I just can't see it getting enough the power exercise. lines and things over here. You know, it just be a mess. Big problem. Yeah. Neck entanglements. Nasty, nasty, nasty. I just wow. Well, so do you think she's passed th- the uh, giggle test? I was yet? about to say, I think tonight's guest has passed our patience test. Yeah, awesome. Uh, we have with us uh, author Kimberly Riggins. How are you, Kimberly? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Just excellent. We're having a blast. As we always do. We try. We do. <laughs> So, Kimberly, we're going to get right down to um, the bare basics. Oh, pardon the really bad pun. Totally didn't mean to oh, do that. Oh, a segue. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Kimberly, who the hell are you and what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> wow, I've never been asked that question quite that way before. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I am first and foremost... Um, just like everybody else, I'm sure. But uh, I'm Kimberly Riggins, and I am been coined. I've been coined. I'm not sure I'm really in love with this title, but I've been coined the body image expert. And basically, I just know a heck of a lot about how to overcome a negative body image, and I can help women do that by teaching them what I have named the art of eating chocolate naked. <laughs> and that was only a metaphor in the beginning, but it has morphed into something crazy and huge, and I even wrote a book somewhat about it called Love Your Naked Ass, which is really about inspiring women to change the way they think and feel about themselves, 
And the reason I wrote the book was because I really wanted to give them easy to implement action steps to take to show them and to prove to people that it doesn't have to be this grandiose idea. You don't have to do these crazy things to change how you feel about yourself. It's, it's really about taking one step in front of the other and making small uh, small changes over time, and they all add up, and you can really transform how you feel about yourself both inside and out. All right. Well, let's get down to the nitty-gritty because I'm going to take this show over from Rick. Because he's like, what? Eating chocolate naked? Women? Body image? What are you talking about? I don't understand. I'm a man. Um, But I'm a woman. And Mm -hmm. actually, my daughter and I have been having this big debate over the last couple weeks because I have completely changed my diet. And I've started exercising again, which is a huge, huge thing for me because I was diagnosed with, I don't believe that I have it because I refuse to believe that I have it, but I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia, and I do have a couple herniations in my back and and an old fracture in my spine. So I have issues with body pain occasionally. I changed my diet so that I could get healthy enough to get my energy back. I took out some foods that were toxic. The benefits of that, though, is that it's allowed me the energy to exercise again. Mm -hmm. And another thing that um, I was advised to do was to go tanning twice a week because I need the vitamin D from the sun, which I'm not getting in the wintertime because I live in Canada. It Mm -hmm. sucks, but what do you do? (laughs) But my daughter and I had this, we've been having this ongoing argument for like three weeks, so it's really appropriate that you're here. She seems to think that, and on some level it is a bit of an issue for me, but she seems to think that I have issues with my body image and that I'm doing all of this so that I can get skinny again. Now, granted, I have never been a size 7, and that's really embarrassing to say um, because I'm sure there's tons of women out there who struggle with weight. And But a size 7 for me is is really big because I'm a little tiny frame. Mm-hmm. So I've never had to, I've never dealt with that since I, you know, since I was pregnant, like 14 years ago. Um, I've never had such a massive increase in, in weight gain. And I remember even going from, you know, pre-pregnancy to after pregnancy, looking in the mirror and, and really just being terrified and wanting to cry that my body was not the same. So how did... How do you get women to be able to, and I know this is a hard question, but women who've had babies and their body, and and as we get older, stuff changes. How do you get them to look in the mirror and and still love that, even though it's sagging and drooping and doing stuff that it didn't used to do? (laughs) (laughs) I totally understand, and I have a child too, so I understand that as well. Um, your body does definitely change after you have a baby. Some women say their body changes for the better. Some women say it changes for the worse. I actually found a, a really profound love for my body after having given birth. And I can tell you why, and then I can answer your question. The reason it really changed, it even enhanced the way that I look at, at bodies in general because I am fascinated by the human form. Uh, I've been working on my body and my image and my my self-image and and everything for years. I mean, I've had issues for years. So, you know, uh, it's something that I kind of became a little obsessed with, which is why I teach it now, because it's like, well, what do I do with all this information? But essentially, I have 
focused on and what really helps other women is to focus on what your body can do for you. Because let's face it, you're more than just your body. You have all this goodness inside that is out far outweighs what the exterior looks like. And you can work on the exterior. And there's nothing wrong with working on that exterior. Like there's nothing wrong with eating healthy. There's nothing wrong with exercising to feel better in your own skin. I am a huge advocate of that. However, I'm not a huge advocate of it if you're doing it for someone other than yourself. And you also have to come from it from a place of love and acceptance first if you really want to make long-lasting lifetime changes, which is why there's 30,000 different diets out in the world because they have everyone has the answer. And they're never teaching women, okay, let's accept and love ourselves for who we are right now because it goes beyond skin deep. You can look at yourself and, you know, okay, you just gave, you've just given birth and you may have, like, what people call the little kangaroo pouch left or whatever they want to call it, the muffin top or however people are describing it these days. And the reality is this. You have the most amazing gift of being able to hold a human life for nine to ten months, basically it's ten months, but... In your body, before you deliver this human being, nobody, no other human being on the planet can do that. Sorry, men, but it's just, you know, it's not possible. So, like, we have that amazing gift that our counterparts do not have, right? Not only that, but there's a deep, and, and you're a mom, you understand this, there's this deep and abiding connection between you and that child because of that. So, rather than me dwelling on the fact that, okay, my Stomach skin may not be nearly as taut as it used to be. It reminds me every single day of the beautiful, miraculous, just occurrence of having a child. And that's how I choose to look at it. It's all about how you choose to see things. Instead of looking at the flabby inner thighs that most women, you know, always complain about their inner thighs because there's a hard muscle to tone, and Look at it as the fact that if you didn't have inner thigh muscles or they weren't working properly, you could not walk from your bedroom to downstairs to your car. You couldn't walk around the block. You couldn't go running. You couldn't go jumping with your kids. You couldn't play with your child. You couldn't do a lot of things if you didn't have those muscles. So, so what if they're not so toned? You know, you can do the same thing with every single part of your body. So what I teach is to learn to appreciate what your body can do for you and what it gives you. And as you do that, through that process, those flaws, so-called flaws that you have or those things about your body that you're not so happy about, they soften. The way you see them soften. It's like when I, when I work with a woman who cannot stand looking at her face because she's aging and she has wrinkles on her eyes, what I get her to focus on is why they are there, not because she's getting old and because she's drooping and because her skin is sagging. No, it's because she's lived a really amazing life. And I make her remind her of all the awesome times she's had and all the laughter that's taken place in her life. Because let's face it, when you have this deep belly laugh and you're like hysterically laughing or reminiscing or being in that moment with another person, just having a fun time, when you laugh like that, your eyes naturally wrinkle. Yeah, that is where the I I I noticed that 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 people who have um who have the age lines on their eyes 
are people mm-hmm. that I know to have had very joyful lives. Exactly. And that's exactly. really cool. Yes. So look at those as signs of expressions that you lived in a well-traveled, well-deserved, fun, you know, happy, joyful, filled life. And those things will soften. And when you can allow the, the, those, those flaws to soften, you can, you can turn on, and we all have this switch, so to speak, you can turn on this love for yourself. And then all the things you do, like, you know, working on your food and working on your exercise and treating yourself better, that all will help transform you into the outer person that you want to be. But you have to let go of the, the indiscrepancies or those outside flaws because, honestly, I have to be honest, I mean, most of the flaws that you see or I see or anyone else sees on their body, nobody else sees them quite like you do. <laughs> we, we over-exaggerate in our mind what these things actually look like, and truth be told, the person who's in love with you, your partner, your boyfriend, your husband, whoever, isn't seeing those flaws. Your friends aren't even seeing those flaws. Yeah, no, I, I found it really interesting, actually, that, and and again, it's it's rather embarrassing for me to talk about the weight gain not because I've gained weight, but because I was so tiny before um, yeah. that when when I was sick, um, when I was first sick, I was very malnourished. So I was very, very skinny. And when I went back to see friends, like six months later, after I started taking care of myself and, and you know, I'd, I'd gained some weight, but at least I'm eating properly, mm-hmm. um, it they were all like, wow, you look awesome. <laughs> so I think people don't, and for me, with the exercising is more about building up my my muscle mass and making myself stronger than mm-hmm. it is about the body image. But again, my daughter and I has have had this ongoing conversation for like four weeks. She's a teenage girl. She turns 15 on the 16th of March, and she is concerned that her mother is overly worried about body image, and she's looking at me thinking, you know, Mom, really? You're in your mid-30s. You need to let this go. And I'm trying to explain to her that it's for health reasons. Um, But it got me to thinking and then you come on as a guest, and it got me to remembering the shock of looking in the mirror after I gave birth. It wasn't when I was pregnant that it was such a big deal, but it was afterwards. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the saggy boobs and the And it, it literally took me years to get over that. Um, and I'm wondering, is it all about the individual or because you do this for a living so would you say that society has a role to play in it does I, media i believe has a huge role to play in it uh, you well, know when, here's my thought about that and, and i'm going to be a little controversial here and and i, I always will be okay we like that <laughs> bring it on baby here's the thing i i think media plays a big part in the way we view ourselves however I am not one to blame the media. So let me kind of explain that. Like, yes, the media plays a part in what we see every day. But at the same time, they're giving us exactly what we want. We are the consumers. And we are saying that we are going to buy what they're selling because we are buying what they're selling. Regardless of what feeling it gives us afterwards, we are buying what they're selling. So if you really want to 
take the blame and turn it on someone. Let's turn it on ourselves and take responsibility for the fact that we don't have to listen to the media if we don't want to. We have a choice every single day to turn our heads. We don't have to buy our bras at, you know, wherever you go. You, if, if you want to shop at Victoria's Secret, if you have those stores in Canada, I'm not sure if you do, but if you do, like, that's a big, big, in the United States, women like to attack Victoria's Secret. I love their underwear. I'm going to buy my underwear there because they fit me very nicely. But I, do I agree with the fact that they put these, you know, six skinny models on there and they Photoshop them to death? Not necessarily, but I choose to just look past that because I choose to not listen to the messages. Because here's the, the truth is, is that even those models and, you know, models are generally not like the average American woman. They are, they have been given these, they have been given these bodies and really a lot of them don't have anything to do with it. They're just, they've been given a gift of thinness and, and some, some of them are just naturally like that. But you know what? I've worked with some models personally and they have some of the worst body image problems on the planet. And it's because they're being stigmatized just as someone who's heavy is because it's like you, oh, well, what do you have a problem for? You're pretty and you're skinny. You shouldn't have any issues. Well, that's not true. We all have issues and it doesn't matter if you're a size 2, a size 10, a size 15, a size 24. We all have, we all have experienced some kind of self-esteem or self-confidence issue, whether it's with our body, with our relationships, and it doesn't make it any less valid. It doesn't. And if you really want to change the way you think and feel about yourself, you have to take responsibility for the way you think and feel. That's an awesome point because that's something else that I've I've dealt with for, for a very long time, being a very tiny woman. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime I mention discomfort or displeasure with, with my body image, I have a love-hate um, relationship with my ass. I'm not going to deny that at all. Um, and I'm a size P in the bra area, meaning they're not A's, they're not B's. They're about the size of P's. <laughs> so, you know, I have those image issues and I've been, I've been chided and, and, and basically, you know, I've had, I've had women yell at me and, and give me crap for saying anything because I was so tiny how can you blah, 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 blah. And it's like, just because I'm tiny doesn't mean I don't look in the mirror sometimes and go, I'd like to look different. Yeah, I I experienced a couple months ago after my book came out, I actually experienced some hate mail, quite a lot of it actually. And I am not ugly to look at, and I am very... I'm a fit woman. I take very good care of my body, and I take pride in that. I have learned the balance. I have come from being severely anorexic to having major, major hang-ups and major mental negative thought going on to being a very confident woman in her stature. And I worked really hard for that. So there is no way that I'm going to let someone tell me that I can't feel the way I feel or that I I, I wasn't allowed to have those thoughts because that's crap. (laughs) <laughs> we are essentially the same. And here's here's one thing that I always say and that I actually responded in a blog post that pretty much went viral overnight because I called everybody out on it. It was like, you want to take responsibility for this? Look at yourself in the mirror and take the blame because women want to band together and we all talk about women's power and women uniting. We don't do that. We fight each other. We make each other enemies based on appearances alone. 
Yep. How many yep. times have you walked down the street and you've seen women judge each other before they even know each other solely based on their appearance? How messed up is that? That is completely it's, messed up. It, it's so disgusting. And this is where we can get Rick to chime in because I have a lot of male friends and I just am so blessed to have all these amazing men in my life mm-hmm. um, who treat me like a sister. And I've been able to have some incredible conversation with conversations with these guys and I'm telling you I have yet to meet a single one of them that would say that they would rather date somebody who looks like a 12 year old branch (laughs) than they would date somebody who's got a little bit of meat and some curves on them and that to them the confidence is more important than the actual body size well, that's totally true. Walk into, go to a party, you know, or remember the days when you went to parties, because I don't do that anymore because I'm a three-year-old. <laughs> you walk into a room, and, you know, you see this really beautiful woman who's standing by herself at the bar, say, you know, we're all of age at this point. And then you see a woman who's kind of average-looking but has every man's attention in the whole room, and you just watch her. You just watch her. And she exudes confidence because she loves herself. That's it. And she doesn't have the perfect size two figure, and she's not, you know, all that and more, and she's not picture perfect, but she is going to be the most fun to be around, and she is going to become your best friend, and she is going to be the most helpful, loving person, and she's going to say, you know what, I don't have the greatest thoughts about myself all the time, but I'm going to embrace what I got, and I'm going to use it to my advantage. Where the other girl is so damn afraid to do anything that she's standing there, and she's so standoffish, everyone no one wants to talk to her. It's 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 so true. Oh, it is. It is. And I've experienced and gone through the, you know, wow, I can't, I can't go up and talk to her, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, because there's often this, uh, and I have a friend uh, that was our receptionist when I was in real estate, and uh, my first experience with her was that, you know, I, I really would have thought from her look on her face that she would prefer I was dead, you know. <laughs> And she told me later that it was something that she practiced because being up on the reception desk, she said every UPS guy and real estate agent and anything else that walks through that door used to hit on me. And I practiced this way to look at people, and they don't bother me anymore. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, of course, then she she actually got married to the uh, Office Depot delivery driver, and she had to, she had to say to him, look, are you ever going to ask me out? Uh, probably because she gave him that look at first and he remembered it. But like you said, the, the the woman that's got the people's attention and has folks around her, to me it's a it's a, uh, a smiles often, has an easy laugh, you know. Uh, yeah. And it, you, you look over there and, and once you're past the teenage, you know, sort of competition conquering type thing that society has going on, <laughs> You know, I'm gonna go. I can go over there and have a really fun conversation, regardless of whatever else. You know, and this other one looks like it's either gonna be, you know, what I don't know, death or fortune, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> she's she's either gonna speak to me or she's gonna pull a sword out and just chop my head off. You know, I mean that's the kind of atmosphere that you sometimes get. But the reality is, is that woman though. Now, I mean, I can't speak for every single time, but I would say nine out of ten times, if you're being exposed, if you're exposed to that that atmosphere and you're thinking you're either going to get your head bitten off or you're going to get lucky basically um 
it's not because it has nothing to do with anyone in the room. It has to do with the fact that she's so insecure about herself, she can't get past herself. And we we will look at those people and be like, oh, well, she's evil or she's this or she's that, and have all these names for her. But essentially, when you get to know her, if you get to know her ever, you'll realize that she is the most insecure woman in the whole entire room. Yeah, insecure and liable to be lonely and, you know, yeah, why isn't anybody talking to me? And, uh-huh. and, and then if they try to confide in anybody about that, it, since they fit society's stereotype of beautiful, um, average people are like, yeah, right, like you've got trouble getting a date. Get out of here. Yeah, and, goodness gracious, don't ever say that you... That there's you, no understanding or acceptance. You don't like your body. <laughs> well, that's kind of why I started the... What, I actually um, am in the process of developing this pledge called I Am More Than a Pretty Face, and it hasn't it hasn't launched yet, but that is where that stems from because the, the hate mail that I received was, well, what the heck do you have to look at? You are society standards. Have you looked in the mirror lately? And I said, yes, I do every day, and I'm thankful, and I appreciate my body and appreciate who I am as a person inside and out. And I'm not going to apologize for what God gave me. I'm sorry, I can't. I can't change that. I can't change it. It is what it is. But, but when you say you're not going to apologize for what God gave you, um, God gave you the will to work for what you have, sweetheart, because you said that you've had serious issues. And we're yeah. gonna we're gonna take a quick music break, but you said you've had serious issues with eating disorders and stuff. And I'd love to get into that too, because okay. I'm really hoping that you know our younger audience that'll be listening will understand the importance and the older women as well. Because, yeah, I'm in my mid-30s, and, yeah, I am still struggling struggling with loving my naked ass. I'm telling you, I'm hoping you're going to send me a book because <laughs> well, my maybe ex- I need to read it. My um, ex-wife is tiny, and when she was about to turn 30, we were married when she was turning 30. And, no, it wasn't just now when I'm 49. It was I was, like, 36. I think we're six <laughs> years apart. But, anyway, she... It was like when Harry met Sally, she looked right at me. She said, I've got to get a gym membership. And I kind of looked at her like, are you crazy? Because women always would look at her and say, Rick, you need to feed her a cheeseburger. Get her a steak or something. (laughs) And I'm like, what? And she said, I'm about to turn 30. My ass is going to fall. (laughs) And I just, I, I put my head in my hands. I was like, who told you that? Oh, everybody knows that. Oh, oh wow. not that one. That everybody, them of I they say, her. say a lot. Oh, she's she's just a darling, and she's she doing really well <laughs> these days. But but uh, oh, we have, we get great material from her. Um, tell, tell her again that I love her. <laughs> I will. I will. And um, I did put a link up in the in the in the chat room while y'all were talking, and it's maybe something else we could touch on after the break, and because okay. it's some before and after. Photoshop pictures of celebrities. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> and um, you know because yeah, as think... long as you're going to talk about that image that media or society puts out, and I agree, you can buy it or not. You don't have to swallow it. But uh, it, even they don't look like they look. Okay. Oh no. And um, All one of my favorite Katie Perry, who I've met in person and. One of my favorite people. She does look that way. Oh, well, yeah, but she's young. Little, bitty, young thing. She was yeah, a teenager she when she started all that, you know? 
things are very bouncy when you're a teenager. Absolutely. I was quite well put together at that point in time. I'm you still do. well put together to carry all this around, but um, no, I'm on that same diet that you're on. I've lost 30 pounds, so wow. It's, but remember, but, reminding people that it's not a diet, guys. No, it's yeah, not it's, a lose weight diet. We gotta stop using that that to, term. It's a it's um it's a response to a need to deal with yeah, neuromuscular disorder. Serious nerve damage in my legs and yeah. uh, was not getting any better. I mean, I got better for a while and then I quit getting better. Yeah, now I'm getting better again, and that's why I did it. Uh, it's a shame that it took that much for me to start eating healthily, but um, you know. Yeah, it's totally a whole thing. It takes. But, so we want to talk about um, eating disorders and and your past and what drove you to do this. So we're going to take a quick musical break and then we're going to come back and we're going to dive into your dive into your closet of deep dark secrets. <laughs> I, and, and and for that we'll just have to have Jordan Ogren playing uh, bottled up, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. She's all bottled up. She's all bottled up. So we'll be back in about three three minutes. Stay with us, folks.
All right. That was our friend, family member, and singer of our movie's theme song, Jordan Oker. He loves him. He is so cool. Very nice video he made for that. Uh, amazing, like a state beauty pageant winner in his video, and he just he put an ad on Craigslist. And she was visiting somebody. She doesn't even live there. And, wow, look at the synchronicities for this kid. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, he just, everything he does is so easy flowing. First of all, he does it because he loves to do it. Um, he writes music because it's his passion. And he, his only, his only mission through his music is to make people smile and to, to bring them joy. So <laughs> really, how can you go wrong, right? And the kid's got talent. Oh, he does. He does that. Kid has he, um, he came on the show and our recordings wouldn't even work. So he played everything he played the whole show live on Blog Talk, and it still and sounded excellent. It was awesome. It was and, totally awesome. And Blog Talk can take some good music and make it sound dodgy. It really can. It really can. <laughs> anyway. So, Kimberly. Yes. You've had some some issues. <laughs> yes, I did. I I I certainly have had my share of <clears throat> of life challenges for sure. Um I what? I was just gonna say don't feel bad. We we've had guests on that have surprised Jean with, you know, well I was in prison and, and, and we have. <laughs> no, I haven't I haven't a children's been... children's book author, actually. <laughs> and that's where it came from is the inspiration came while she was in prison, so yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, it's all cool. Join that club yet? But <laughs> I, yes, I definitely have had my life share of, of of challenges growing up, and I did like you heard. I did suffer from an eating disorder when I was a teenager, and mine didn't stem from body images in the beginning. I have to say, although they can stem from a multitude of things, mine actually stemmed from being date raped. So that was my way of controlling the situation. And it wasn't like I decided one day that, hey, this happened to me and I'm going to be anorexic. That's not how it happened. But essentially, I was, I'm was i a type A personality. I'm very much a recovering perfectionist. And I was always very controlling of my life and how things were, even as a, as, as a teenager. And when this, this night completely got out of control and... I locked myself in the bathroom looking at myself after what had just happened to me. I didn't recognize who I saw looking back at me, and I hated her. And I was very shameful and very guilty, and I felt horrible because I was like, why didn't I scream louder? Why didn't I punch? Why didn't I kick? Why did I freeze? And it was a really hard time for me, and I hid it for a long time. And what I ended up doing was waging a war against myself internally, both mentally and physically. And I just started to control anything that I could possibly control. And when you're that young, I mean, you don't have that much control over a lot, as you know, as an adult. And so I started controlling my exercise and I started to control my food. And it, it got way out of control, obviously, to the point where I was so light in weight, I could barely function. 
And I actually ended up going to college like that, and I had battled this problem for quite a few years pretty successfully. And I say that not as, like, that's great. I'm saying that, like, I really did get away with it and hide it fairly well. I still was able to get straight A's in high school. It didn't get really bad until I went to college. And then that's when the body image issues started to really find their way into my head. But just so you know, it doesn't have to be that way. I've worked with many, many girls, young girls, teenage girls, who have had body image issues, who have traumatic experiences. Although there is statistically um, statistics that state that a lot of women who have traumatic experiences, whether physically abused or sexually assaulted or whatever, will end up suffering from eating issues. It just seems they kind of seem to go hand in hand. Um, It's not necessarily 100% true that that happens every time, but it definitely can happen. I did talk to one woman who who maintained a high body weight. Uh She went the opposite way. Yes, you can. Um, So that that she wouldn't look attractive to men. Yes. I decided to go the opposite way, and I wanted to disappear. Okay. Yeah, so I wanted to disappear. I was an average weight. I probably didn't, you know, I'm five foot eight and a half. I probably weighed no more than I weigh now, honestly. I mean, my weight just hasn't fluctuated that much, except during that time frame when I was, you know, not eating. But I... I wanted to disappear. That was my goal. Was I? I because I I couldn't. I wouldn't even have fathomed putting weight. It was. I'm, I doesn't take. I can't gain weight. I mean, as I've gotten older, yes. If I overindulge too much, you know, I can put on a pound or two. Although that doesn't phase me in the least. But um, I, I. It's not my my body's nature to to gain weight effortlessly. You know, I have a very good metabolism, but I also think it's because I take really good care of my body. So, okay, so I'm curious then because um, if you managed to, you managed to hide it through high school, what was the trigger in college that got you help the help that you needed, and was it that you chose to get the help that you needed, or was it because you got to a certain point where you couldn't hide it anymore, and people figured out what was going on, and there was an intervention? Well, um, a little bit of both. Um, I thought I was, like, I say I thought I was hiding it really well, but I really wasn't. Everyone knew. <laughs> I thought I was so sly and devilish, and most people, after it all came out in the open, people were like, well, we're not surprised. We've known this for years. But I, I I was functional. I mean, I, I still got straight A's. I still was, you know, very a go-getter, still very determined, was on the track team. What did it for me was I hit rock bottom. I was literally in my freshman year of college. I had, I had a whole entire freshman semester done before I even went to college. So I was basically in a second semester freshman starting out college, and I was flunking out of school. And that was the first, like, wake-up call for me. It was like, okay, what is happening? Like, I can't keep my eyes open to study. I can't focus on anything except the fact that I hate my body and I can't look into a mirror. I think I broke four mirrors the first semester of my freshman year. Jesus. And I literally worked out six hours a day eating 300 calories. That's it. And work out two hours before class. 
two hours in the afternoon, and I walked on the track team and went to practice every single day, and I lived off of a bagel. And that's not even a joke. To do that, I think about that now, and I think about after I got help for that and how I can now, now if I don't eat, I'm like a raving lunatic. Like, if you don't feed me within a couple of hours, I turn into a monster. Like, I need to eat. And I'm thinking, how in the world did I do that for so many years? Yeah, I'm the same way. If my sugar drops, there's oh yeah, there, 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 yeah. there's a danger to anybody within the vicinity of my arms length yeah. because I will I will throttle. Yeah, <laughs> give me food. Yeah, and he used to be like, "Are you hungry?" Like if I would get really kind of busy. Um, wow. Yeah, my daughter would go after uh, Jennifer with, you know, she'd start going off on her about something, and she'd, "Mom, how long since you ate?" Uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. That's totally me. But, yeah, I hit rock bottom. I mean, I, I was secretly seeing a therapist at the time um, because I I needed to talk to someone, and I would literally find myself wake up in the morning, and I would have a book on my head, and I would be praying, and, you know, I'm logical. I'd be praying, like, please let that stuff be in my brain through osmosis. <laughs> As I would go take a test and flunk it. And that wasn't me. I mean, I, I'm not, that wasn't who I was. It's, I mean, I was a very good student. I retained information. I was, you know, I had, I was a smart girl. And all of a sudden, I started not feeling so smart because I couldn't comprehend anything. I couldn't even have a conversation with my roommate. I mean, I was that fuzzy in my brain. And I made a decision. I mean, I, I went I went two weeks into my second semester I had a terrible break. I had broken up with my boyfriend on top of it. And I went to the therapist. It was Valentine's Day. And I said, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to kill myself. Not like literally like I'm going to try to kill myself, but I'm going to kill myself if I continue on this path. Like I'm going to die. I want to live. And so she says, what do you want to do? And I said, I need to leave here. Because it, that going to college and living away from home triggered me worse because I was on my own. It was like I could do whatever I wanted. I didn't have to hide anything from anyone anymore. It wasn't like my parents were lurking on and, you know, giving me, they were always in my head and they were always in my face, and now they weren't there. And and I, I like missed my whole college experience. I didn't go to parties because, well, God, there was no way I was having an ounce of alcohol ever because that was caloric. I mean, that would just ruin my diet. And I wouldn't go and eat pizza because, well, that's just, you know, who would eat pizza at college? <laughs> you know? Like, I didn't have uh, any fun. I was everybody. terrible. Exactly. Everybody <laughs> eats pizza at college. I did not. You know, I would sit and I was miserable. And, and I knew, I was like, this is not who I am. I was always the fun, like, easygoing, you know, kind of, like, I was fun. And I wasn't fun anymore. I didn't like who I, who I was. And I needed to change it. So how do you go from being that uncomfortable in your skin and being that angry with your body and with yourself um, to writing a book called Love Your Naked Ass? Like, lots of how- years. <laughs> lots of years. Lots of work. I I really started a past, like, I determined, you know, what was my main goal? Like, once I got out of the hospital, because I put myself into a hospital, 
And for those people who don't have severe body image issues, you don't, I mean, it doesn't take much for you to be in this headspace. It, you don't need to necessarily go to hospital, but if you're in this headspace, I encourage everyone to go seek some kind of help or, or talk through it with someone that's either been there or knows what they're doing because it really is helpful. But the first thing that I did was I got healthy. It was like I learned how to eat. I mean, as strange as that sounds, the first thing I did was learn how to put food back into my mouth and increasing my calories till I felt stable enough to, like, function. And then I taught myself how to exercise appropriately. And through that process, I became a personal trainer. I traded my degree for journalism to psychology. I ended up, you know, working in a gym for a long time and then getting into nutrition. I mean, I my first degree is in psychology. My second degree is a master's in nutrition. So I I taught myself what I considered to be balance. You know, how can I play with all these sides without taking it to extremes? Because I think women take it to an extreme. Often, it's either their food goes to an extreme or their exercise goes to extreme or both go to extremes. And it's not conducive to living a happy, joyful life. Because if you become too obsessed in those areas, that takes over your whole world. And you're no fun. <laughs> and life is too short not to be fun. I I totally there you agree, go. you know, health health aside, um love handles and and all that stuff. There's no way in hell I'm giving up my red wine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, which is not to say I have it every day, but every once in a while I like my glass of red wine, you know, over a nice dinner on the weekend. So, I'm not giving that up. Yes, no. I, I, two of my favorite things on the planet are red wine and dark chocolate. And honestly, I indulge in them on a regular basis. Dark chocolate I have every single day. Um, but in the beginning, it wasn't that way. It was like I still felt guilty for eating it. It was like, and I was, it was just like an epiphany went off. I was sitting there one day, and I would, I would punish myself. It was like if I ate something I loved, and I knew it wasn't, you know, I had this, I used to label food like this is bad and this is good and. Once I let that go and I started to play with the sensual side of the world, meaning, you know, using the God-given senses we were all gifted with at birth, with the ability to smell, taste, touch, feel, and made it an essential experience, I didn't need to eat everything. I just needed to taste it, and I needed to make sure that I found enjoyment in it. So whatever I do... In life, whether it's eating a piece of dark chocolate, drinking a glass of red wine, uh, running, exercising, you know, doing whatever exercise routine I'm involved in at the moment, it has to be enjoyable or I will not do it. My life has to be enjoyable or I let things go. Because, again, I'll always come back to this. Life is too short to be that unhappy. So here's a trick question for you. You're you're a mom. You have a three-year-old? Yeah, three and a half. Little girl or little boy? Oh, he's a boy. Little boy. Mm -hmm. So coming from that mom angle, because this has been my challenge as a mom, um, because I just recently, like a few years ago, tapped into that whole, if you don't like doing it, you shouldn't do it thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I, I spent a lot of years of my life doing things that made me miserable simply because that's what was expected of me. Um both by society and my family. So as as a parent, how are you going to teach this 
amazing little child because I'm sure he's he's of that generation, so I'm sure he's he's quite unique and and cool already. How are you going to teach him to just step into the truth of his being and and stand on that truth and just do whatever makes him happy? Leading by example. I mean, I think that's the only thing we can do as a parent. I mean, you know, give him the opportunity to to make choices, you know, with your help, of course. I mean, we're not going to let him run crazy all over the place. But by leading by example, by showing him that you can, you don't have to do everything just because your friends do it. Or you don't have to do it if you don't want to do it because you don't love it. It's like... I really believe that, you know, my, I grew up in a family, in a household where my parents didn't make us do anything. I mean, they gave us choices. They treated us respectfully. I mean, yeah, we had crazy boundaries. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we had rules and things that we had to follow. But I grew up in a household where I was like, if I wanted to try something, my parents were like, cool, try it. But you have to follow through and, and you know, but you don't have to continue to do it if you don't love it. You know, so it was one of those types of things. It was like you can't just quit because, like, I see too many kids nowadays that are like, I can't, I quit. And they didn't even do it. They didn't even try. It's like one minute they give it, give it, and they're not good at it. So they're like, oh, I quit. Well, no, that's not going to be my kid. I do make him follow through with things. Uh, the word can't is not allowed to be used in my household. He has to find a new word to use to whatever he's, and even at three, he is already, he stops himself and he uses a different word. I don't, I don't have the answer, like the, the end-all answer to that question, but all I know is that all I can do is lead by example. I, w- I would think that would be the end-all answer. That's just <laughs> my opinion with the teenage girl who, yeah. um, you know, is saying, Mom, watch that looking in the mirror thing. <laughs> um, okay, well, before we, before we go to a, a, another... Um, quick musical break, what would be for you the most important factor in your change in perception of yourself? What To realize that you are not your thoughts. I know that sounds really kind of woo-woo and, and whatnot, but it's the, it's the reality. Like most people have these negative, repetitive, completely senseless thoughts that come through their brain on a regular basis every single day. And if you get a bunch of girlfriends together, and this actually truly works, because I had some women say to me, well, this is how I feel, and and I'm like, these are not your thoughts. This is just what you've learned. You've picked it up from the environment. You've picked it up from your other friends, your family. You've learned these thoughts. They're not your thoughts. You know, saying all this, uh, I'm so fat when you're not, um, that's not you speaking. It's, it's it's this voice in your head trying to keep you into that not enough syndrome. I think we live in a world that we think we have we're not enough. We're not enough for anybody. We're not enough for ourselves. We don't have enough of this. We don't have enough of that. And sit down with your girlfriends and talk about okay, what are your negative thoughts? What are your negative thoughts? What are your negative thoughts? I guarantee you they'll be so similar, and you'll look at each other like, wow, are you listening to me when I talk to myself tonight? Because they're that similar. <laughs> So I think that that's the key thing is to to recognize and acknowledge these negative things that go through your brain, that doesn't define who you are. And I've actually separated them, and and I know that sounds crazy, and, you know, I used to think people would think I need a straight jacket, but I don't. It's, It's how I deal with things. I did it with my eating disorder. I separated her from me because that's the way I said goodbye. 
And so I separated my negative thoughts from me because now when she speaks, I can acknowledge that she's talking and tell her to be quiet. And then she goes away. And then I can move on with whatever I want to do because those negative voices are only there to create fear, to create you to stop from doing something or to warn you because you might not do it perfectly. You know, because society is all about us being perfect. And I think that's absolutely brilliant. Um, and that separation, I've I've actually used that myself, love. <laughs> so I I understand um, where you're coming from there, but uh, coming from somebody who's struggled with this for for a really long time, I I have a real appreciation for the way that you look at it and the way that you present it. Um. So I guess we'll have another quick musical break, and then we'll come back. You can tell us where they can find you, and you can tell us all about um, the book and how people can buy it, because I and think it's probably... become naked-ass warriors and things. Yeah, because I, I bet you it's a fantastic, absolutely, just talking to you, I guarantee it's a fantastic read, and I can't wait to read it. Thanks. All right. So, what should we have? How about uh, Earth Prayer from the Earth Prayer Project and Ina V? Works for me. This is our good friend and recent family member, Ina V. And uh, the song is called Earth Prayer and uh, goes to support some really cool stuff. So, check out the link in the uh, chat room and uh, enjoy the tunes. We'll be back in about five minutes. Stay with us, folks.
Okay, I fixed. We're back early. Uh-oh. I have an echo. Yes, you do. Yes. You have your sound on over there? No. Maybe. Did you not? Ah. Maybe it was Kimberly. <laughs> I don't have an echo at all, actually. You're not huh. Well, we do some strange things to the poor Skype circuits. We bring an awful lot of love and energy that flows through these wires, and they get a little funky sometimes. <laughs> yes, they do. And let us not forget that there is a major influx of sun energy right now. So any electrical wonkiness is totally acceptable and to be expected. That's true. Some of the biggest uh, flares in years and years. So, uh yeah. And they rapid fire a little bit, you know, two in one day and then another day and red hot spike right through the back of my skull, sort of where my skull meets my spine, sort of up. Really good trajectory if you're wanting to just really kill somebody with a red hot poker through their brain. Yeah, it would be good. See, my headaches are a bit different, but it's, yeah, it's not, I know most, I don't know, like it's, my family doesn't feel it, but oh no? my goodness, do I ever know when they're coming? Because the pressure headaches are just insane. But if that's enough of that. Let's talk about loving your name back because, <laughs> um, you know, sun flares aren't nearly as exciting as, as loving your naked ass. And I just love saying love your naked ass. You're going to go forth from the call loving your own naked ass. I <laughs> hope and eventually to get to that point, yes. <clears throat> Everyone can. It's not that hard. <laughs> I figure here's you know, and I say that obviously because I've been through it myself, and and I I always have to learn things the hard way, literally always. <laughs> Even if I know an easier way, I always seem to take the hard way out. So I always say, if I can do it, then anyone can. <laughs> so I really do believe that. But Let Me Make It Ask is a book that I wrote. Uh, it was published in December, and it took me about two years to write it, and, and it didn't take me the entire two years to write it, but it was really about me being fearful of putting it out in the world, um, why it took so long to get out in the public eye. But it's called Love Your Naked Ass, 80 Gentle Ways to Transform Your Life, Restore Your Serenity, and Rediscover Happiness. And the reason I wrote the book is simple. I wanted to share what has been the most impactful thing for me through my personal journey. And that really has been the power of words and how and meaning and meaning in life. You know, it's like <clears throat> in your life you have the responsibility and the ability to wake up every single morning as if you are looking at a clean slate and you determine how you show up in the world, how you act, how you feel, and how you treat and allow other people to treat you. And once I learned that, and it was really through trial and error that I learned that, I let so much of the baggage I was carrying around go. And I found that there's days that I'm not so happy and then there's other days that I can tap into happiness whenever I want to and it's all because of me. Nobody else can determine your happiness except for you. And it starts with having the ability to change the way you think and feel about yourself and always coming from a place of love. So this book is broken down into eight different sections, starting with body image, of course, because that's where 
I really started my own personal journey with that that nagging negative body image. And it moves through different areas like perfection and um, life and attitude and um, self-esteem, confidence, and it ends in acceptance. Because, and I think that's only fitting. You know, you go through all these phases, and then you can finally accept yourself. However, you can use it however you want to use it. Basically, I have given you 80 different ways, things that you can tackle, things that you can take on, action steps, if you will, that you can implement right away. So if you're feeling not so good about yourself or down on your body or you feel really kind of wonky or funky in your self-esteem or need to build some confidence, I have given you tools that you can use every single day. And the feedback that I've been getting, I've actually accomplished that goal. I am so not interested in writing a self-help book that you read cover to cover and you put it on your shelf and you never look at it again. I own those, actually, and if anyone wants to borrow them, we can feel free. I think I have, like, 300 sitting on a shelf. But <laughs> the, the reality is, is, that, is that I wanted my book to be different. I wanted it to be so simple because I wanted to prove to people that it doesn't have to be these grandiose ideas. We don't have to implement all of these crazy things to be happy. We don't have to implement all these outrageous things to find ourselves. We just have to pay attention. We have to be more present. And we have to use our senses. And we have to stop and smell the roses occasionally. Really, like stop and do that. You know, taste our food. Touch our, our, our partner. You know, it's the little things that really add up and can do wonders for our emotional health. And really, when it comes down to happiness, we need to make sure that our emotional health is intact because that, you know, will very much determine what our physical health is going to look like. So, like I said, the book is broken down into ten, um, ten different sections and you get eight, or I'm sorry, eight different sections and you get ten different action steps within each section. And it starts out with a quote, something that inspired me. And these all came from journals. And when I literally came from my journals through my journey, because I used to write everything down, I would be just, would read something, or I'd pull it out of a book, or I would, you know, be looking at researching something, and I would come across these quotes that just totally spoke to me. And they're in the book. So it starts with a quote, I give some commentary on whatever topic we're talking about, and then I give you an action step that you need to take on for your day. And then you usually, you know, have some other action, whether it's to feel gratitude at night when you go to sleep, or maybe write yourself in, write in, your, in a journal and keep record of what you've been doing. But the best part about it is, is, is once you start to do it, it's almost like you can't stop. It becomes like this healthy addiction, you know, versus an unhealthy one, where you constantly want to see what is the next thing I can do. Because all of them, you walk away having that feel-good vibe going on in your body. And the more you have those feel-good vibes going on, the greater chance it is you're going to be happy on a regular basis. Yep, I definitely need to get my hands on one of these books. <laughs> I will send you one. That's awesome. And he uh, had the show. Oh, cool. Yay. Perks. Y'all can, can exchange books. Love see? It. Yeah, I'll send you a few as well. 
So what the hell is a naked ass what warrior? The... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um it's just my word. I mean, I love to make things up. If you ever get to hang out with me in person, I I love to sh- I love to string curse words together. I have a potty mouth. It's just who I am. I embrace it. <laughs> I like to make up words for people and things. It's just who I am. So, Leather Naked Ass Warrior basically came out of a dream. I am a true believer of woman power. It's, you know, I really am. So, I am not the one that says, oh, we should unite and then say to the lady across the street, like, oh, I hate you. You're too skinny. No, I actually really love her. <laughs> and if she looks hot, I'm going to tell her she looks hot because that's what she deserves to hear because nine out of ten times, she's working her ass off to look that hot. And she needs to hear it. But a loving a cast warrior is my definition of a fierce female luminary who really just defies the social norm in unconventional ways. And she's, her main goal is to inspire and empower women in some form. So I've talked to people from a holistic plastic surgeon who actually talked women out of having plastic surgery based on the reasons they want it. And I think that's just unconventional. I mean, most plastic surgeons do not sit down and talk about your feelings. They give you the boob job because that's what you ask for. Yeah, because <laughs> and they make money off it. that's what pays for their Rolls exactly. Royce. <laughs> and, yeah, and she actually will sit down and discuss your life and your health and the reasons behind it. And she will tell you first, like, if it's not what, if you're doing it for the wrong reason, she will tell you. And she'll, she'll turn people away and she will, you know, not saying she'll never do surgery because she does, but... She will not turn people away if she's getting, you know, a facelift because her husband says she needs one. Um, Do you need, we, we need to get her back on. We need to get her on the show, too. <laughs> and I talked to someone who developed a process called OM, which is basically, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with, with this. You should Google her. Her name is Nicole Vigone. Wow. Fascinating lady. Absolutely fascinating lady. Um, she created something called OM, which is just a, it's called orgasmic meditation. And it's really an interesting, outrageously unconventional way to to tap into your own feminine power. It's it's amazing. Read the book if you want to learn more about that. And I've just talked to just amazing people. Kim Anami, she's from Canada. I've talked to quite a few people from Canada, actually. Um, Alison Braun, she's called the Bedroom Joyologist. It, this whole series actually evolved around the, sensual, the sensuality piece because at the time... I was really honing in on that piece of my own personal journey, like really trying to play with different ways to be more sensual, not just in the bedroom, but just in general, just in the world. And I started meeting all these various fascinating women who are doing this outrageous work and getting crazy results. And that was why I created the series. It started last June, and it will end in July of this year. And then I'll just take on another project. I don't know. That's just how it works. <laughs> but it's free, and you can sign up at nakedasswear.com. So if you want to listen to any of the past calls, you get on the list, and you get all of the past calls for free, and then you can get all the future calls as well. And they're usually on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Standard Time. That's awesome. It's a lot of fun. sound just fascinating. Yes. They're sassy and fun, and you know they they have to they have to be willing to be honest and raw and and completely 
you know, and, and they all have been. I mean, I yeah. handpicked them, hand them all, actually. So. <laughs> I bet you none of them would get offended if I said, who the hell are you and what do you do? <laughs> no, no, they wouldn't. I probably would ask them those questions. <laughs> Jean's famous atypical question for starting the show. But, I mean, it really is a great place to start. Yeah, it always leads us. We have such incredible conversations with such cool people, and you know, it's a great way to bring it out. Yeah, I, I've toned it down occasionally to, for certain guests, um, but and I yeah, the children's it. book authors get. Who in the world are you? <laughs> I, I haven't figured out yet how she classifies that, but I never know what it's going to be. It's it's just a feeling I get of the person I'm, I. Meet, you know, so I mean, Dr. Walls, obviously, who on earth are you? Not who the hell are you? <laughs> um, yes. <clears throat> just one of those things that, um, but you know what? I think I think it has a lot to do with the person's work and their message and their delivery. You know, I mean, if they're if they're a blunt, honest, outspoken, I shouldn't say honest because all our guests are honest, but if they're if they're blunt, outspoken, and their audience is um is more open then i'm going to run with run with who the hell are you cuz it just works it works <laughs> what, what can you say it works <laughs> we're, we're not worried about fixing it cuz it, it's not broken it's not broken all right folks so i've got all those links up in the chat room they'll be up on our archive that will go up here in about 30 45 minutes um and then again, in a reflection, somewhere down the road. Absolutely. Jean's I'm sure mirror, it would be a fascinating magic reflection. Um, yeah, well, that gives, you, that gives you four days to a week to, you know, sort of see how it sits on you. <laughs> well, she, she's left me with a lot to think about. Yes. You know, um, well, I'm going through this transition, and I... Uh, you know, a lot to think about. A lot. Oh, yeah. Well, and me too, because men have issues. They just don't, for the most part, we're taught to just shove them down and not pay any attention to them. And that's a real healthy thing. There's an interesting not. question. Kimberly, have you, have you considered um, finding finding a guy that you could um, that you could take this into... Into the world of men and be able to partner up and do a, a book with a male author? Is that something that you'd be interested in doing? It's already in the works, actually. Yeah! <laughs> yes. Excellent. I already found someone. Um, he is an author as well, and he actually talks to women about relationships and how men are, you know, are simple creatures. We we are not the same. And I believe there's there's it's it's very humbling to hear that because I've learned through my own relationship challenges and my expectations of relationships and how they've turned out. And I realized in hindsight, it was like, wow, like how true is that? They just don't think like we do. <laughs> it's, you know what? It's, it's really crazy because I, I honestly have the most awesome, awesome mate. And I will get so wrapped up in being afraid of saying something that might offend or or you know that whole fear based i don't want to i don't want to upset you thing and to find out a couple of days later that woman if you just said something 
yeah. would have been dealt with. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there's a few, there, I actually have a lot of male followers, and um, and and a lot of them actually have like reached out to me personally and said, you know, I've actually learned a lot from you. Of course, they're appealing to me at first when they see the name and. You know, they see the art of eating chocolate naked. I'm sure in their head they're like, "Ooh, who's this?" But <laughs> and, that, and that, that's fine. I'm cool with that. But they actually listen, and I've gotten quite a few emails from men who say, "Thank you for helping me understand my girlfriend, my wife. Like, what I, I have no idea what the hell she's doing or what she's talking about. It takes her an hour to get out of the house, and she changes 20 times. It doesn't matter how many times I tell her she looks beautiful. She tells me I'm a crackhead. Like." <laughs> So it's been cool to see that because I definitely, uh, I enjoy talking to men. I, I have a way with words with men. I'm not that timid woman who's afraid to speak up and say things. I can get crass too. So I have that connection. I've always had male friends. So I can talk to guys like that and call them out pretty quickly. And so I think that's been really helpful in terms of pulling in a really broad audience. It's it's funny. I have a split. I have a split audience right now. That's that's awesome that you're going down that avenue. When um when you guys are ready to launch the book, please let us know. We'd love to have you both back on so that we can talk about that. And, yeah, so yeah. Okay, we're gonna do a program first. I think we're gonna turn it into some type of live thing first, and then I'm sure, just because we're both authors, I'm sure that there will there will be a, a, another book coming out. Okay. I mean, I'm in the process of writing another book, too, so we'll, well see. Well, you, when you're ready to launch the program, give us a call. We'd love to have you both back on to talk about to talk yeah. about that. Yeah. Oh, sounds like fun. I think so. Speaking of fun. Fun, fun. Fun, 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 fun. What have we got going on, Rick, that's fun? What have we got going on that's fun? Oh, well, we're pretending we're movie makers. Movie makers? We're making a movie? Yeah, we're all, yeah. No kidding. What's it called? It's called Change Makers. The really? Revolution Solution. Hmm. Got all these people wanting a revolution and stuff, and those can be fun. You know, I'm sure that over the centuries that many of us have participated in revolutions that were <laughs> bloody fun. Oh, but um, pardon the pun. Yeah, well, that you know. Pretty funny. <laughs> um, but uh, a conversation changer really is the hope. That's all. Change the conversation right. from what's wrong to what's right. Much That's like uh, Kimberly's work with um, Naked Ass Warrior. With Kabod. And yeah. loving your naked ass. Um, yeah. We want people to change the way that they perceive the planet and perceive each other. Essentially, there's nothing here that can't be fixed. In fact, there's thousands out there actively working to make our world a better place. So we're going to talk about some of their really cool and inventive and out-of-the-box ideas and creations. Sometimes almost unbelievable. Yeah. Both that they can do it and that nobody thought of it first. Yeah. Yeah. Some of this stuff is uh super, super fun, super attractive and it just makes just makes living in harmony with Mother Nature yummy. Actually Jean just wants to take her daughter and go hopping around four continents. Yeah, that's a vacation thing. It's all about me. It has nothing to do with 
with contributing to the world in which we live at all. It's, yeah. it's totally selfish <laughs> desire for me to travel the world and speak to really cool people. <laughs> well, I won't kid you. There's a little of that in there. Come on, folks. Oh, there's a little of that in there. That's not all it's about, but there's a little of that in there for sure. I love talking to cool people. Are you kidding well, me? We I wouldn't this do radio this show, show for. Yeah, if, we get to if hang with I all the cool people. I didn't love talking to change makers. Absolutely. We get to sit at the cool kids' table. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So this crazy uh, movie that we're making, does it have a website? Yes, you will find us at www.changemakersthemovie.me, because it's all about me. It's all about me. Whether it's me or it, the... And I've discovered through movie making and book publishing and radio show hosting, um, these things, they, they cost money to do, huh? Apparently, a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. So do we have a solution for our revolution solution? We have a crowdfunding page over at Indiegogo. It's very similar to Kickstarter. It's a big organization. It's not some off-the-wall thing. People keep asking me if I've heard of Kickstarter. Uh, it has pluses and minuses. So does Indiegogo. We've, we know. But uh, it's a great page. You go there, um, do your donation. Your information is you know, safe with them, not with us, because we're crazy. I forget where I put my keys. I don't need anybody's credit card information. <laughs> uh, no, I do not want anybody's credit card information. But the most important thing is not even whether you are in a position to donate or or feel like you are called to donate to it. Uh, please share it with your network if you think there's any merit at all in talking about living in harmony with Mother Earth. Um, because... Uh, we're bound and determined to get this done, and uh, we'd love for you to come play. It's going to be a fun party. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anytime you get to hang out with them. Um, and we get rewards at all these donation, different donation levels. You can actually get invited to a party. That yeah. Takes, that takes big bucks. And And hang out. We're special. And hang out with the filmmakers. We're not special. But the um, director from Germany and the assistant director from Germany and the uh, camera guy from from, from France. France. And uh, I, what's that international crew? I don't know what that's all about, but um, yeah, we're really only going to all these different continents just to pick up all the crew members. <laughs> it's only one shot in the whole film, but no, it, not true. Uh, um, we've got some. Uh, some of the folks have been on the show. Um, yeah. And some more are going to be on the show, the radio show. So you can find them in the archives, like R.C. Mallory and uh, Aurora. Um, and um, uh, it's just there's some amazing people out there doing some amazing things. Some of them doing it for years for nothing. Uh, and um, we'd like to switch that conversation around a little bit towards, you know, wow, would you look at these humans are awesome. That's, I just want everybody else to figure out that humans are awesome. They really are, and um, it, it's really. I was I was speaking to somebody today, and he said, "So what's what's the basic idea behind it?" And I, I took a cue from you, and I said, it's "To change the conversation." And I thought about it. It's really about taking the "Oh my God, look what we've done," and turning it into "Oh my God, look what we've done." That's exactly <laughs> it. There you go. And I think that's, that, you know, there's nothing more to say about it than that. That, that um, 
check it out because yeah, it's going to be a fun out. adventure, and we'd love to take you along for the ride. So it's it's a work in progress. It's going to be many moons before um, before she's ready to go. We probably won't get on the road till summertime to actually get filming, but we are going to bring. Hope to have it released by December. And we are going to bring some of the people that we're highlighting in the film onto the show as guests, uh, and this hailing from all different corners of the world. So stay tuned for for these people because some of them are uh, no, all of them are just absolutely incredibly inventive creators. That's right. And how much fun is that? And you know. Another one of those conversation changers. Yeah, they they tried some things maybe before it worked, but instead of trial and error, it's creativity and feedback. Absolutely. That's all. No errors, no trials, just creativity and feedback, imagination and feedback. Because Kimberly, Kimberly, I'm sure, would agree, is it's all about perception. Yeah. Right? So um, on that note... uh, Thank you so much, my dear, for coming on the show and and changing how we look at ourselves. Well, thanks for having me. It was fun. I, I, it was a pleasure. Yay. Thanks for just being you, <laughs> for standing up and being you. It's what we end up awesome. with with all of our guests is that they have stood up and claimed their authenticity. Um you know, blemishes and all, and it's awesome. I use that word a lot, but we hang with some really cool people. You would be one of them. Thank you, thank you. All right, Jean, so what do we close with? Are you reading, or what are we doing? Uh, How about a little, do we have some funk and ridiculous kicking around? Maybe. Maybe. All right. Let me see if I've got it. I don't know if I have that. Okay, well, if we don't... E, F, F, no, I don't think. <laughs> Truth excerpt, the messenger... Nah, how about we Going just home to heaven, crashing back to earth, you know. That would be Jean's healing book that she wrote because she was messed up and needed to get healed. I was. Yeah, I hopes it heals some other people. If it helps them out, that's great, but I was there for it. It was a... Well, could it all come out of your journal? <laughs> it was, and it, it did. Wait, it was my journal. <laughs> it's my journal put into book format, actually. It's my, okay, guys, here we go. Right now I'm on my back in a bed, and I can barely type. To, and it um, I'm hurts getting back like on hell when I type, but I'm getting out of this bed. But I'm getting out of this bed, so let's do it together. And that was the uh, that was the journey. <laughs> Excellent book. Come to our website. Check it out. She's it, There's a trilogy so far, but I think there's another one coming. Uh, we'll we have it. a movie to make first. So we'll yeah, get, yeah. We're going to make a movie first. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to go talk to some change makers. Because when we say that the change makers are the revolution solution, we don't mean us. We mean these people we're going to go talk to because God bless them. They're out there in the trenches, and we just sit in yummy chairs and talk to people. And who knows? Maybe I'll make a book out of that, you know? I mean, who knows what I'm going to see when I'm out and about in the world talking to really cool, inventive creator-type people. Yeah, it's it's interesting when you turn an author loose on a... Y'all are... You're going to get in an airplane, go east, and keep going east till you get back home. Pretty much. Yeah. That, that <laughs> could be a book or two, I think. And talk to you a bunch of really amazing people along the way. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, we'll see, we'll see what happens. I'm not promising anything, but uh, I, I am promising a really amazing movie and uh, possibly a book. You never know. <laughs> and the real deal kind of movie. This is not, we're not taking our pocket camera and going to film some stuff. Uh, I love some of the creative, you know, cell phone camera videos that people put up on YouTube. But this is a real, we have a director of photography that, you know, does movies. We have a director that does movies. We, you know, are surrounding ourselves with director that has people, <laughs> you know, that really know what they're doing so that we can really try to see if we can sneak this into the mainstream conversation while they're not looking. Uh, anyway, we have uh, next Tuesday, Ray Dawn will be with us. Uh, beautiful being that's going to talk to us about uh, channeling, about uh, going from channeling to just being, and uh, that's going to be fun. And uh, then the Ascension Pioneers, Polona Samrock, will be here next Thursday. So we hope you all will join us. Um, until then, everybody have a wonderful weekend and stay connected. Join Rick and Jean again next time. Until then, visit their website. Wow, that sounded horrible. Okay, maybe I can tack that on to the end of the recording, but uh, it's basically just saying join us again next time. Until then, please visit our website at www.everydayconnection.me and you can also find us on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. <laughs> so you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.